0: it can't go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Wharton. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on Thursday, the 3rd of June, 2010. For newcomers, look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com websites. Bookmark all the other sites I've got there because you'll get trouble with the com once in a while. And while you're at it, remember, go into the items I have for sale. There's very few of them actually but that helps me trickle along. I'd do a lot more if I wasn't doing the show and if I had some spare time to kick around. But bookmark these sites because, as I say, the calm goes down once in a while, and they've got me on a choke on uploading right now from Yahoo. Now, to order the things I have for sale, remember, you can use a personal check from the U.S. to Canada. You can use an international postal money order from your post office. MoneyGram, Western Union, cash is okay, or PayPal. You can can see the, the PayPal donation button there. Send the donation and a separate email with your order, and I'll get it out to you. Same across the rest of the world. There's Western Union, MoneyGram, cash, or PayPal for purchasing or for donations. And as I say, I don't accept money from advertisers, and that's why I don't have them on. And if I did, I'd be very uh, sitting pretty right now in pretty lucrative business. But this isn't a business. It's about getting information out. While we have the Internet, it's, it's going down slowly, obviously, But uh, and time's running out as you pass laws all the time. And I'll be talking about some of that tonight, in fact. But uh, in the meantime, let's try and get out some kind of uh, semblance of real information that matters to us and not just the rehash stuff that the media feeds us. They all, all these sites have audios for download. They all have translations for print up, written translations in, in, uh, uh let say, um, in English. And the Alan Watts Sentinel site also has the audios, the English translation, and it also it's also got translations in other languages as well for those that want to print them up. So look into alanwattsentinel.eu for those. So there's a whole variety of stuff to choose from. Over this last few days, I've talked about psychopaths. I like to talk about psychopaths because if you don't understand that we're run by psychopaths, you'll never understand anything. And there are different levels of them in society. They're recruited into different authority positions because they'll do whatever they're told by those who pay them very well. And they also have a a form of creative psychopath, the more intelligent ones, who work behind the scenes and really run the world, not the politicians. The politicians are really closer to actors, and they're definitely psychopathic because they'll they'll do whatever they're told to do and pass whatever laws they're told to pass. But obviously, when you see the shenanigans they get up to, you know they're not running the world. You know they can't do that. The two is playing golf and doing photo ops. And that kind of underhand table deals and kickbacks and stuff like that that breaks out all the time in the newspapers over your whole lifetime, therefore they 're managed as actors, as front people, their're personalities. I talked about the cult of celebrity before, and we 're trained in this society to worship celebrities, they, so they create personas for them they They use the same machinery they do to create the pop star. The rock star or the movie star to give them a fake image which sells to the public and put lots of money up to sell it over through public relations companies and firms, Madison Avenue. The advisors behind them are generally a bit more savvy as to what the, the, their part and the agenda is. And the whole thing is a punch and judy show for the public to believe is real. So we'll touch on that tonight. When I come back from this break, hold on. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, just touching, really, you can only touch lightly on things in an hour, but touching on what government really is, government, And the types who go into government, I've mentioned it so many times before, the psychopathic types go towards government. They they gravitate towards it. Uh, It's a magnet to them. Uh, Psychopaths like power. They like status. And they like to get their hands in a big kitty. Because they all know. They all know. They're very streetwise. They know that uh, there's lots of lobbyists and cash in the real world changes hands all the time. I mentioned last night where the ex-premier, or Prime Minister of uh, Canada, Brian Mulroney, has now been declared that he was on the take after all. And he actually was accused of that a few years back. He sued the Canadian government. It was after he left politics and went off to be, I think, the Assistant Director of uh, or CEO of Barrick Gold Corporation, something mm-hmm. like that. He got a lot of awards for being a Prime Minister and ramming NAFTA through. Anyway, he, he apparently did take three cash payments, uh, and I mean cash, like big bundles, and uh, so they found this out. But, but before they actually knew that, he was accused of it. They didn't have the evidence at the time. And he sued the Canadian government and got two and a half billion million or something around that sum. Now they found out he, he actually did take cash after all. So they're going to have a discussion about it in the old boys club. And it will come to nothing, of course, because, you see, the reputation uh, is far more important to m- m- maintain confidence in the government. That's what they always say to each other, you see. We've got to maintain confidence of the people, so it's better if we just hush all of this stuff up. But that's nothing really. That's commonplace, commonplace. Look at the money uh, that Tony Blair has raked in uh, through all his extremely hard work, you know, obviously since leaving uh, Parliament in Britain. uh, It's been exposed, and I've read it in the air here, all the millions of pounds that he's raked in. These are rewards. That's how they reward them. Some of them get too greedy and want the cash while they're there and they get caught and a little scandal breaks and then it's hushed over again to, to you know, maintain public confidence in the government. But it's a show for the public. And I've always said this, that um, the guys who seem to be at the top are really just the actors. The ones behind them, behind the scenes, and often appointed, generally appointed in fact, Uh, as advisors, are more in on what the real game plan is, what their function is at that time. And I've always maintained, too, that um, the guys are selected for the the head offices years in advance. There's probably a waiting list. They can probably look at a calendar and know when they're getting put in here as the, the prime minister or president or the head of the opposition. It's literally a show for the public. Because, see, there's only one business in the world, and and we are it. We are all the business. Everything else takes from you and prints up the cash that you use to work, and that they take back off you to hire other people to make the big machinery that keeps an eye on you and monitors you and stuff like that. It's a very cleverly designed business. But they do upgrade it once in a while. And... The old politicians used to be much like Mussolini. If you ever see Mussolini in the old clips, you see the hand waving and the gestures and the chin stuck out there. And there's pauses and stuff like that. Very theatrical uh, oratory was done for the public because it didn't have television. They just had a guy on a balcony doing a lot of yelling. and So it had had to be theatrical and impress the people. So they use the balconies very often, uh, always above the crowd because it's an altar. And we have this primeval idea of anybody risen above you is better than you. Uh, that's why you have altars, and that's why you have people up on podiums and stages and things like that. And it works very well for, for the entertainment industry today and shows and stuff like that. But people go crazy when you see someone up there on the altar. So we're, we're all managed by psychology. And nothing on this planet, no creature on this planet has been so studied as us, as we have, for thousands of years. And even in ancient times, priests would teach the guys they were putting in as the head, the pharaohs in Egypt, for instance. They'd actually teach them the art of controlling and having power and maintaining it over the public. And the pharaohs had to pass that knowledge on to their sons as well. There are techniques, and so these, this knowledge is known, is kept, and I'm certain, I'm certain it's been kept in archives down through the centuries, in fact. And there are archives that the public are not allowed to even know exist. And professors have told me, and I, about this too, from different countries, that there's archives. And maybe one professor in 80 or 90 ever gets permission to enter one. Where the real information is. Now, what is real power on the planet? And you'll think, well, nuclear energy, this, that. No, the power is the, the, the understanding of human nature. You look at psychology today and you get these little primers for the ordinary people who generally give up because it seems so boring. It's meant to be boring at that level, so that you do give up. You have to go way above that to look at what they're they're studying in the behavioral sciences. There are ongoing tests done all the time, all the time in every country, and repeated over and over to make sure they're right, they've got their facts right. Sometimes they don't have to know even why it works, a a technique of, of modifying behavior in vast amounts of people. They've got lots and lots of theories, but as long as it works, that's the main thing. And they, they have all these uh, techniques to alter us, change our ways, our opinions that you were seldom ever aware of. Most people never know what's happening to them, and that ties in with even what uh, Aldous Huxley said in, the, in, in, uh, in his Brave New World, revisited lectures that he gave around some of the top universities on the planet where he said that he didn't see any reason why a scientific dictatorship couldn't last forever. It would have no opposition. It would never be overthrown. And people immediately thought of, oh, they'll have weaponry. Well, yeah, they'll have weaponry and all that kind of stuff, absolutely. Stuff that you'll never even hear of till they use it, if they have to. But he was talking primarily about the understanding of human nature. In other words, they already had it perfected the techniques of perfection, of manipulation of the minds of everyone, whole cultures, whole nations, whole parts of the globe. And they'd already tried it out and altered the behavior of people without their knowledge. So if if you don't know that you're being altered psychologically, if you don't know that your opinions are being manufactured for you by experts and put over through various means of media, and entertainment then you've nothing to rebel against you don't know how to rebel on facts because you you think that you've come to these conclusions by yourself these changes and even maybe modified your own behaviour and your your impressions on things and even how you talk to other people and how you you now see things differently in certain topics And it's all done from people at the top, behind the scenes, who make sure that via the media, and television especially, is very important, and by using what you think of as celebrities, very important people, VIPs, you will adapt to what they're saying. You're trained to follow the experts and celebrities. Why do you think we pick celebrities political purposes, uh, why not pick your plumber or your carpenter or, or even your street cleaner if you have one? Because they would have no no more and be no more of an expert in politics than than anyone else. It's because the public are already trained to adore them and worship them and maybe even admire them, and therefore they emulate them because peer pressure. Uh, as part of it, uh, if they can influence those around you first, then they will in turn turn on you until you share the same opinions, or they won't accept you in company. The first thing they do is create what they call cognitive dissonance. It's an interesting term because it's so, so easy to say, if you don't stammer over it, and even Wikipedia has got a little bit of it. For, again, it's this kind of sixth grade level. I'll well, mention sixth grade later because there's a, a congressman in the U.S. who wants us to be trained uh, through the media on global warming at a sixth grade level. Because, he said because that's, that's how we think and speak amongst ourselves at the bottom. And it says here, it says, "...an uncomfortable feeling caused by holding two contradictory ideas simultaneously." Orwell touched on that. He called it kind of double-think in a different manner, though. You see, this ties in with altering your opinions on things. This is the most studied part of social psychology for those who want to manipulate uh, massive groups of people or use it through marketing to alter your behavior or make you purchase or whatever. And... In other words, they know that cognitive dissonance is an uncomfortable feeling caused by holding two contradictory ideas simultaneously. Therefore, you see, prior to that, you had one idea that you were comfortable with, and that's a, the that's a whole problem. You were comfortable with it. If you thought, for instance, well, this is my country, and this is how I see my country, and I'm happy with it. It seems orderly. The people are they know how to get along with each other. They're sociable towards each other. They know the rules. Well, if you if you are worked on by those in control, and they will bring out things about your culture by using specific incidents, generally of a nasty nature that happen once in a while in your culture, blow it out of proportion through massive campaigns and often through talk show hosts on television. The ones that love to worship, you know, that gives them free presents all the time. You know the type I mean? And then they guide you into their new idea, and you end up with cognitive dissonance towards change. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, going through some of the techniques that control society, the scientific dictatorship that Aldous Huxley touched upon. He didn't go into too much detail as to their techniques, but he was well aware of them because they were perfectly understood in his day and long before him, too, by a particular class. And knowledge is power, therefore they didn't share it with the public, especially the victims. After all, they don't want you to be wary. They want you to modify your behavior to suit them better for the world that they plan to bring in. And television, as I say, is the greatest thing that was ever invented. I mean, it became a mandate in Britain that everyone must get a television set, and they're pushing that back as well, I think, as the 50s. 1950s. Other countries followed suit and even China made it a mandate that everyone must have a TV and you, well why would government care if you're having fun or getting entertained? Well it's not entertainment, no it's the most important brainwashing tool there is because if someone in authority, you see uh, says something to you, especially if you're taught through PR public relations, like acting um, something very important you're, you'll tend to believe them Or someone is presented as an expert on something. Uh, You tend to believe them. You're trained that way from a very young age by the system itself. And your parents don't know to warn you, so you're wide open to it. And we tend to be born into the system that's already changed from the last stage of the last system. And we think it's normal. No one tells you that everything that you're thinking today or doing or even in morality, is completely different than it was a few years back. So you take to it like a duck to water, and your peer group do as well, and you're accepted by our peer group. And it's a very simple technique to manipulate people as we all move along the same road to to the end path that we're all guided down. I think Jack's Elul touched on that in one of his books as well. He's very good. It's really obsessionally going over the minutest detail of certain techniques of control and law and how we're trained to see law, and I mean trained to see it by those who own your country. And um, he, he mentioned inconsistencies, of course, if you stopped and thought about things for yourself, which very few folk do, and showed you some of the fallacies of... Of government in itself and the the law system. As I've said before, we take everything for granted. We're born into a system; it's natural. It's here. That's it has to be natural because it's simply here, and that's as far as we think about it. And if you're robbed on the street with a guy uh, who's got a gun, uh, it, it's called robbery, and you'll call it you see you'll see you've been mugged. And you're trained that a guy with a, a certain uniform on. And a a gun can stop your car and maybe even confiscate it from you. Um, then that's the law. Or if someone says, um, you got to give us protection money or we burn down your store. Um, that's the racket, you see. That's an extortion racket for protection, the protection racket. Or if, uh, government comes along and says, you know, we want X amount of taxes from you for, Occupying this, this space, you know, all you do really is have four walls containing air. I mean, that's a space and they measure it and all that and then they tax you on it. And, and you, you pay it up because it's called taxes and it's called legal. But it's, it's really the same thing, isn't it? And I think there's even a, a video out there about the biggest gang and it was about the police force in the USA. So things really come down in the world to gangs. And those who profit most of the system by having their gang, and powerful gangs, the most powerful get the most profits. And that's how the world really does work. But however, even the Mafia, for instance, needs uh, enough victims in an area. That's why they would divide up cities amongst themselves. They used to fight each other, the gang mobs, uh, for, for, for their territory. Because what they really meant was, how many millions of people are in this city? We we want to control access to all these people. They're ours. They're, they're their victims, in other words. That's what they lived off of. We didn't call them government. We called them mobs. And their whole idea was based on protection. And that's what government is uh, is used through the ages for. We have to protect you from those guys over there. Same thing, you see. But it's all in it's all how you're trained to see things. But when they want to change your behavior to make you more compliant, or even more subservient, or to put out more effort so that they can collect more from you, because, you see, they take the money from you through taxations and different means in governments. That's—I mean, You're the only producer there is. And they use it to hire other workers to make things for them, or to work for them, including the police, to maintain their power over you and to monitor you through the equipment which you purchase so that they know what you're up to every minute of the day and what your meals all about and what you watch and what you do. And they even do studies on you personally. They have. I've, I've given the article before, where the Pentagon has an identical you in a virtual reality, and it's updated daily according to what you do to find out the patterns of your behaviour, so that you're predictable. But let's get back to cognitive dissonance. Now, remember the first part is said uh, is that it really is an uncomfortable feeling. And then it goes on to experience guilt or anger, frustration or embarrassment. And I'll tell you how to use that after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, talking about techniques which are used in us all the time, daily. They're used in school, they're used, they're used on television, radio, they're used on magazines, newspapers, and it's meant to alter your behavior along predetermined paths. And most folk all alter pretty well at the same time. Those who don't and who maybe think a little bit more deeply and ask the questions uh, can be shunned by their peer group for holding, uh, contrary opinions or old fashioned, as I like to say, as though an opinion or, or a moral behavior is somehow old fashioned. That's an example. No one quite, most people adapt into new behaviors without question because they all adapt at the same time. So anyway, cognitive dissonance is a real keystone to all of the behavior modification because if it creates a form of uncomfortable feeling in the people who, who have it, holding two contradictory ideas simultaneously, uh, they'll try to modify and get rid of the uncomfortable feeling and simply adapt into what's now acceptable, whatever it happens to be. Whatever it happens to be. And we take the easy way. Now, I've touched on Sunstein and others, the Harvard people who have been into this for an awful long time and to advise governments. Uh, uh, they're still doing it today with all the global warming and various techniques of getting to you and creating your opinions for you in so many different ways. But they use, what they're using is cognitive dissonance, really, uh, to change your behavior and to get to accept what they want you to accept, including the Age of Austerity that you're going to be trained to into very, very shortly. Because we like to be nudged into the, the easy route. And he talked about that himself. I read some of his articles last week or so on the air here. And how they're using the computer, for instance, to guide you into reading what you should be reading. And you've all seen these things. Most people who see this uh, also look at so-and-so. And you're being nudged, you see, into what's politically correct. And what's politically correct is also full of little landmines, of cognitive dissonance minds, I should call them, set there to make you feel uncomfortable about yourself because you might hold different opinions. And you'll do anything to get rid of that uncomfortable feeling and you'll like to be persuaded into the new way, you see. It's very simple psychology. Now, as I say, um, dissonance might be experienced as guilt, and that's very, very important because the guilt technique was used for, oh, 30 years pretty well when they decided at the end of World War II and even during World War II that the cause of all the problems in the world was the male population. You see, males tend to to be old-fashioned, They'll stick to whatever system they're born into, uh, including all, all of its values and its customs, etc. And they don't like being moved from where they stand. Across the world, that's generally what happens. you see people invade countries, and it's the guys that stand up and fight. They, they fight because they love the land generally they're born on. That's a natural thing. And they fight to protect Their own. And they fight too to protect their wives and families in the days that they had them. But that had to be destroyed because the UN had decided a long time ago and those who created the United Nations that they'd have to bypass the males altogether, emasculate them. And I've given a lot of talks about that before uh, because they wouldn't budge. They'd have problems with them. And it's far easier, as Hitler said, to promise, to bring in an age of fear and bypass the husband's authority by going, going over his head and appealing. He said, he said, we'll bring socialism in by appealing to the, the woman or the wife, he said, because she's in charge of the family. And we'll promise her food and protection and she'll come to us. The child must follow and then must follow the man. When they use cognitive dissonance, they use it primarily, and they have been using it for primarily on the male population, and a lot of them today don't know what they are anymore or what their function is or if they have a function. This is also noticeable in the ex-Soviet countries where they've had documentaries on television where the, the women are all looking for guys outside their own country, thousands of them, because they, they were trained through school that their men were the cause of all the problems. And they were no good. And they still want men, but they want other kinds of men, a different image of a man than than what they were trained to see how to view their own people. So you can look at the, the state of the world today. Now, in the Western world, they also started in the 70s to plan and finance using tax money single-parent families, because they said that that will be the way of the future, and architects were trained then to start designing single-parent families, you know, a woman and maybe one or two children, and that's what they were designed for. Before, they even had it all, the whole family system wrecked. They knew they were going to wreck it or remake it, and now we have, as I say, Mark 4 or 5 uh, family uh, today. This was all planned by world planners. And they knew by the time they'd finished it all, the men would be kind of subservient because they actually say that in their own writings, uh, that the men will also be changed by their significant others. So if they do have a mate, or if they want one, they'd have to be subservient to the new feminist view. And that has been awfully successful as well. And therefore, once you get a country to that stage, anything can be done with that country because no one will stand up for anything there'd be no values left for you to stand up for. And government would be the one that even the single mothers would demand more and more from. They were the new father. The the governments became the new fathers. I've seen it even in Canada, from going from a stage of, should the taxpayers fund um, childcare for other women who are single? And it went from that in no time to, it was in force, just ran through, and a couple of years later, there was a childcare strike and the women were in the streets with placards demanding the government do something as they would at one time have demanded that their husbands would have done something if they were short of work or something like that. So everyone gets changed and it doesn't seem to have an impact as long as it all changed together. And then, of course, you have reinforcements that are added to that as well, along the way. Um, once you've, you've picked your topic of of blame, because you get blame, you direct the blame, you see, and you reinforce it with lots of talk shows. From uh, in, in the U.S., they had Donahue. People never realized that within an hour, people could, could watch a show on whatever topic they picked. And within the end of an hour, their opinions have been completely reversed through emotive techniques and staged events and planned. Every question, every answer was planned. At the end of the show, the longest part of the show was all the, 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 the tributes at the end to all the different participants and multi-producers that they had in specialized departments that had pre-worked all this show out in advance to leave you with either a tear in your eye at the end or are very, very angry about something that had happened. Marketing techniques uh, perfected with the use of behaviorists and psychology. And as I say today, there's nothing much to stand in its way because now they want to also bring down the populations and that they're getting to be successful with that. Um, they want us to really, like George Orwell's animal farm, work for nothing eventually. Uh, that is a goal, that you'll work for the state. And you'll be proud to work for the state. Uh, after a period of so-called austerity, I'm sure they'll keep money around for, in some form for a while. But eventually you're going to a stage of rationing. And since they can, we've already accepted the fact you're given your social insurance number, your SIN number, they love these little terms and they pick them very well, they can do the same thing and give you a ration card at birth and you'll get your your state rations for everything that you will need as you go through life and work for the this, this, this state or the world system. Remember the articles I've read in the past to do with the Royal Institute of International Affairs. I've read stuff recently from them, in fact, and they still have never changed their mandate that that eventually people will work for the state. That will be your purpose, is working for the state. That also implies there will be a hierarchy who will live better than you because they can't live in the state of your state or the state you'll be in, believe you me. And we also accept that as human beings. It's part of our nature, that the leaders somehow should live better than you. And we're being trained along that road right now. The United Nations Department of Agriculture said years ago that they would bring in a, they would bring in a stage of rationing of food across the world and that all the world's food supply would go through them. They would then issue it to the different regions they'd set up. And that that would encourage those Member States to reduce their population. How they did it was their own problem. And they will use the same techniques they've used for China of social approval and disapproval. And yes, every every culture, every people can be made to behave in the same way with these techniques. They work very, very well. And mobs will gather and mobs will be angry and they will say, you're taking food out of their mouths. By having an extra child, and you will drag off the women to the abortion clinics. Don't think for an instant it can't be done to you. I mentioned a documentary, it was made by the BBC the other day. Everyone should try and get a hold of it. It's called Star Suckers, and it's about the cult of celebrities and how they use celebrities to guide us. You don't think of politicians as being really celebrities. We seem to separate them in our minds into different category, but they're created with the same techniques that they create celebrities. And, and they show you in this documentary how and why it works with us. It also shows you how most of the media articles that you read today are staged. They actually show you and talk to professionals in the trade of creating news. They even show you the protesters outside of Miss United Kingdom, you know, the, the beauty pageant thing, and how she parades out there, and there's all these women there. And they show you that newspaper articles there of the women protesting uh, uh, the feminists. And then they talk to the guy that arranged it. He arranged both sides, including purchasing and hiring these women to protest. That's how they create news. And people will get up and hot and bothered, that becomes their topic of conversation. Or did you see those women who were complaining about so and so and they call them, you know, the usual stuff, you know? It's all staged. And the, the guy who staged it, it tells you. And that's the same with most stuff that you're seeing in the world. Even this Gulf oil, uh, they call it a spill, of course, is just too well timed. Because they will not, I've said this so many times, they, they make their plans and they never falter. Regardless of what happens, they never change. When they make an agenda, they never change it. You can always take it to the bank when they make a mandate. And they want their global taxation through for carbon and energy use and so on. It's all part of the, the new rationing and slave system. And one way or another, they'll get it. And it's so how fortunate this happened, isn't it? Just like 9-11 happened the year 2001. That really was the start of the new century. That was the debate. Was it 2000 or 2001? If they, they said it was 2001 is when the century start. The century of change. Martial law. No privacy, no rights. Bingo, they had it. What luck, isn't it? And then here the, the, the G20 and the G8 meetings are coming up in Canada. And the main topic will be oh, we can't go on like this, look at this disaster, we've got to start you know, cutting back on using fuel and energy and start putting punitive measures on people who do use it, and they will, they will discuss restricting travel use and so on and so on. But regardless, you're going to pay through the nose for every part of the agenda that comes through. Eventually, they said themselves in Agenda 21 For the United Nations, that's agenda for the 21st century, there will be no private vehicles in these sustainable communities. That means we're all rushed into the inner city ghettos, folks, because they don't want folk on the rural areas. I read that article too from them, for their own site. This is only 3% or so on land in 20 years' time or so and they will be extremely wealthy people. These will be the, the real homes of the, their lackeys, their politicians and so on. But yeah, how fortunate this happened all in time for the G20 to pick up on and run with. And I bet you once they sign something into law, they'll plug the hole as, as fast as can be. Most folk can't imagine that they would do things on such a scale. Because they're normal people. Remember, we're dealing with psychopathic types at the top. They have no normalities. It's like the Kabbalah. There's no right and wrong. It's, it's who benefits at the end. Someone always benefits, so everything's okay. That's how the psychopath operates. That's how they, they validate what to do to each other as well. But they're not acting for the public. So once again it hangs around this thing called cognitive dissonance which makes you uncomfortable at things, very uncomfortable and we don't like that so we look for a way out, they supply the way out. It says here the people have a motivational drive to reduce dissonance by changing their attitudes, beliefs and behaviours or by justifying or rationalising them. You've got to do it to feel better, you see. It says it's one of the most influential and extensively studied theories in social psychology. And getting back to what it causes within you, you can get, um, it causes guilt and anger and so on. So they make you feel guilty about things. See, you can also bring it on by using the symptoms first. It brings on the dissonance. That's neuroscience. That's what they say too. If you have a certain... Things will happen to your body in fear when you have a fight or flight syndrome coming on because something's motivating you to save your skin and your sweat and your adrenaline pumps through, Uh, so and so on. You can also do it by stimulating those areas of the brain of the symptoms and it brings on what would happen for the actual effect itself without the monster in front of you back after these messages. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt, we're cutting through the matrix, just touching, I can only scratch on the surface really in an hour, how techniques are used, and even just one technique really tonight, and how it's used on you to change your behaviour, and it's used in your children too, as they're programmed for the society which they will grow up in because it's designed already, you see, and they will fit into it with as little discomfort as possible because they also will try and get rid of their cognitive dissonance according to what they remember, how things are, or or how good they felt about this. Now they don't feel good about that anymore, so they want to be this way. They'll take the easy way out as they're nudged along, and they'll adapt along with everyone else who's adapting. And they'll also adapt because of peer pressure. And as they get older, they'll have significant others the significant other generally is a mate, and that's why they go for again for certain genders who are more easily influenced. They've had more work done on them, in fact, an awful lot more work done on them, and that will then influence them. The significant others is very, very important to make someone else often subservient, and that's what's happened in the world. Because, as I said at the start, you see, they have to eliminate the male out of the picture In order to get what they want. And the man has nothing to stand up for, then no one will stand up. The only people who stand up are people who are screaming for benefits. Things that government supplied through a socialist system. And made them all dependent upon government. And they'll have no memory of what freedom or any other way ever was. We can be trained to be dependent very easily and unfortunately it's happened people run to governments for for answers to the big problems uh, without realizing that generally the government created the problem in the first place so we're not so long as i say because we, we don't like pain we don't like to have uncomfortable feelings We don't like being uncomfortable ourselves holding two different opinions, and then we all like to belong, and this is used on all of us, by masters who have a different agenda, a different goal, and a different destination than you think that you have with all of this. It's all pre-planned masters run the world. Masters of all of this run the world. That, again, is what Aldous Huxley was referring to. He knew in his day that this is a system they'd bring in. He also corresponded with George Orwell about the kind of systems it would be in, and Orwell was pretty sure they'd use heavy authority before the final phase, and actually there had been overlap of the use of both of them. Until... We're trained very, very well, perfectly, to do simply as we're told. It's not difficult to do. Because you use social approval, social disapproval, and the mob. All those around you can be made to turn on you if you held on to a previous belief idea or try to keep an old way of life. You make them uncomfortable because of your conflicting opinion, the one that conflicts with theirs. From Hamish Massel from Ontario, Canada, it's good night, I mean your God or your gods go with you.